Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Risotto. What is happening, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 108 of RizzoCast. I'm Steven Risotto, and today we're joined by a very special guest, uh, former left-handed pitcher in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization from 2012 to 2015. And also later on, this guy was my high school pitching coach um, for two years there at Reardon. It is Mr. Tom Harlan. Tall T, what's going on? How you doing? Nothing much. Thanks for having me on. Long time coming. Long time on. Hard I'm to schedule, to but I'm happy to get I, on here. Yeah, I've been trying to get you on since I, I started this thing and we're finally we're finally going. So Yeah, it's been a it's been a long run. <laughs> yeah. And I and I but heard we're here. Let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah, you're you're moving and you're you got a you got a family now. How's everything going with the family? Everything's good. Baby's good. She's actually asleep right now. Hopefully we'll stay asleep much longer, but <laughs> She's asleep, uh, living in boxes right now, about to move, but exciting, exciting stuff. Everybody's good. Yeah, exciting times. And, and mm-hmm. I know uh, I wanted to have you on because I know you're a, a, just a, a wealth of, of baseball knowledge. Um, so I figured that it would be a, a fun conversation. Um, first things first, kind of just to get everybody accumulated with who you are. How did you kind of grow up playing baseball? When did you realize that it was something that you kind of had a passion for and something you wanted to do? Uh, when I was, I mean, I guess like, when I was little, it was always something that I looked forward to, you know, my dad pushed me into it as well. I didn't push me, but you know, he saw that I was good and, uh, never complained about having to go to practice or anything when I was little, you know, little kids will do that. Sometimes my dad said I never complained. I just, I guess that was it. Just loved it. Good friends too. Still friends that I'm still hang out with regularly, you know, played baseball with and kind of just a baseball guy through and through. And you're like six six, right? Is, do I have yeah. that right? Yeah. So was basketball like ever something that you thought yeah. you would like no. do? I mean, I like playing basketball, but I knew I didn't have the uh, skill set for it. You know, you know, you know when you know you're not that great. I was good, but I wasn't D one good or anything. So I, I knew where my path was for sure. But I played at Reardon. I have some high school basketball mm-hmm. under my belt. Yeah, you stay in your lane. So baseball. Yeah. Was base- <laughs> yeah. Exactly didn't want to get too far into into basketball uh no i I knew i knew my talents let's put it that way i knew where my strengths were yeah exactly uh and and one thing that you would always talk to us about is that you were a pretty good two-way player too in high school so why wasn't that something that you pursued in in college or were you able to was that opportunity ever available no i brought it up when uh usf offered me both ways but i knew i had to get i wanted to get out of here um but when I talked to Batesel, the Fresno State head coach, he's like, no, we don't do that here. And they really didn't. Um, we want you to pitch. And he kind of broke it down to where you're going to have to make that. Uh, you know, it was a tough one. There was a point there where I wanted to hit. You know, I thought I could. I thought I could do it. Still think I can. <laughs> but it was kind of just. It was a matter of time. It was tough, tough transition. Do you think that more guys like feel like they are able to do that now because of maybe what Choi Otani is doing and he's in Anaheim right now, just kind of changing the, the landscape and more guys are coming up through the minor league system as two way players. Do you think 
you know, maybe colleges are a little bit more looser with having guys go. There are, some, there are some schools that definitely do like Buster Posey was a closer at Florida mm-hmm. state. I believe um, I even think Matt Weeters, remember him? Yeah. The catcher. He was like, I think he closed at Georgia tech. If I am having my, I think it's always been there. I just think in professional baseball, that's a hard thing to manage. Like you see with uh, Shohei, it's a, it's a tough kind of thing to do. And you think about all the reps you're missing, you know, to do it both is pretty impressive. Like all the pitching reps you're missing when you got to hit and then all the hitting reps you're missing when you got to pitch. Like it's hard to run a practice or even get good at both of those. You got to kind of be a freak, you know? So it'd be interesting to see. Are there a lot going on right now besides Shohei? Like I've. Yeah. I mean, in the minor leagues, there's, there's a few guys that I, I, I don't think it's like the vast majority of them, mm-hmm. but I think that there's a, just a handful of guys that are still doing it or I guess still able to do it because they were drafted with the, the knowledge that they could do both. Like I know Hunter green was a shortstop uh, in, in, in high school. And now he's kind of picked one. He's picked pitching. Uh, Brendan McKay was the other one. I think he's picked pitching too with the Rays. Um, there's a few guys that I think could, could definitely pull it off. But as you mentioned, I think it's going to be really tough to manage the workload. That's kind of something I wish again, like hindsight's always 2020, but, uh, they always say you you can always pitch, you know, Mm -hmm. like try to hit first and then, okay, you can pitch after that. So that's gonna be something I wish I tried, but who knows? I can't really complain at what happened with my career. So, you know, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, I mean, because you see all these guys once they, like Rick and Keel kind of did it the other way around, where he was a pitcher, then he had the yips, then he became a position player. I feel like that's a lot harder and more impressive. Tim Wakefield, too, wasn't he a, uh, like an outfielder or something? And then he threw a knuckleball, and they're like, okay, we'll give this a shot. (laughs) Let's give this a shot. Pitch 20 years in the big leagues. Yeah. That's a pretty good mentality. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I also I hate, you know, me, I hate the fact they don't want the pitchers hit anymore. I think that really ruins baseball, especially like what it's the point of even having a manager at that point. Mm-hmm. What changes are they even making? <laughs> yeah. They could literally be in the press box and do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You, know, like, say, like, you literally could just go be in the, like be a football offensive coordinator. Okay. This guy's pitching now. Like, what are we, what are they even there for? I don't get it. Just smile. Yeah. Do you think managing is like kind of moved to more of like a leadership type thing instead of like, yeah, obviously you need to know baseball, but I think everybody that's associated with the baseball team knows baseball. Right. So it's more of like a, I feel like it's more of like a motivational and like who communicates better instead of, you know, necessarily the strategy arsenal. Yeah. I would, I would, I mean, the strategy portion essentially besides writing the lineup every day is not completely gone, but it's, it's disappearing for sure. You know, like, you got to do down three in the fifth that your starters coming up and, you know, do you pinch hit for me? Your runners on second and third. It's a whole different game now that you just like, you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In, in and outs of it all. So it's, it's funny. Cause it used to be different. Cause now you're seeing like, you know, say for example, like for example, Gabe Kapler is an outfielder and really the only like hardcore decisions that we've had to see him make is with the pitching staff. So it's like, wow, yeah. this is like not really his element. You know, if you're an outfielder that is focusing on pitching during your playing career, then your mind's probably not in the right space. So how is he doing it now? So I don't know. I always thought that was interesting. Maybe more pitchers need to be managers. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like the best managers are like catchers. Catchers. Yeah. Catchers. Cause they just see the game in a different way. 
pitchers. I don't know. It's all those, like, I feel like the best managers are always those players who kind of were backups. They never were superstars. They had to, like, learn the game and watched a lot. Like, mm-hmm. Tom Prince, who was a coach with the Pirates, he was, like, a backup catcher for 20 years in the bigs. And that, that guy knew so much. He would call things before it even happened. It was, it was nuts, like, sitting next to him in the dugout. You would just see things You're like what the heck yeah because i guess the, the the really good players i feel like you know they might not be able to break it down to a level to where you know hey why aren't you doing this it's easy you know like the type of thing that barry bonds dealt with when bonds was like the hitting coach in miami um people would often say that he would say stuff like you know how do you not know he's throwing a slider and that's well barry bonds is mind works a lot differently than you know a 21 year old kid now it's a lot different and it's it's a lot harder to um to coach when you're you know you think it's easy so yeah it's yeah he's i'll say he's just a freak specimen too mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> some people are just naturals and some of the naturals aren't the best coaches because they don't know what they're talking about they just it became so natural to them they don't know how to teach somebody yeah if that makes sense uh, so why Fresno State? What was the decision with uh, with Fresno State, and uh, why did why was that kind of the leading school for you? Uh, man, it was honestly they were one of the they offered like my junior summer, like, and so it was kind of they were the first ones to offer, and my dad was like, hey, they're giving you a scholarship, you should probably take it, and so like hind, again hindsight, like maybe if I waited a little bit, see what could have happened, but there, I mean, I liked it. It was a good baseball school. And then again, my dad got pretty excited. It was like, Oh, Fresno state. Oh my gosh. Cause they were big when he was in uh, like college and stuff, you know, they had quite the run in the nineties of being really good at baseball. And so he got, he got excited and I went and toured and they won a lot. And so that was kind of just the obvious choice. And one thing that you would always tell us is that they always had a rule at Fresno State where um, when you're doing interviews or something, what can't you do in interviews? Explain. Oh, you can't. Yeah, that was uh, Batesville saying so you can't say I or me. You can't say, like, I did this. And you can actually, if you watch Aaron Judge give interviews, he still kind of does it. Like, mm-hmm. he, if he's, he's known for his professionalism, right? And he won't say I or me, it's always we, the team, this, that. He never never talk about yourself, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, and, and Judge is one of the best hitters in baseball right now, and, and he's a guy that, like you just mentioned, you played with there at Fresno. I mean, mm-hmm. what's it like seeing him kind of blossom into this big star, especially in New York, where it's like all the eyes are on you? I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. It's cool to see. He's a, he's a specimen. Like, he is a, <laughs> he is a large human, just – kind of new up oh, there she is my baby <laughs> screaming sorry um but he's just a uh larger than life person he was kind of like that even at fresno he, he just has like a magnetic personality and he's just the bigger than everybody like it's the best way i can explain it mm-hmm. like when he walks into a room you're like whoa who is that you know even if he wasn't even famous you'd probably be like what is, what does that guy do he's yeah. so but yeah it's crazy i mean I knew he was going to be good at baseball, but like be a special talent, but I didn't know it was going to go this far because it's, it's, it's crazy. Like he is the face of baseball right now. He's mm-hmm. everywhere. And it's awesome to see he's, he worked hard. He earned it. Definitely earned it. Yeah. And he's going to be getting paid pretty soon. 
I mean, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. the fact he turned down how much did he turn down? He turned down, Two. yeah, a lot from. Well, I don't, I don't know if he's. I know that they're in talks with extensions. That you know, that's always what teams say. But I, I see him testing free agency and just getting completely paid. But I mean, it's also he, it's also an interesting risk because we've never seen a guy that big on the position player side, you know, have success like this. So it's kind of a new thing. Also, he has had the lemon. I'm trying to hate Aaron. I'm not trying to hate on you, but he has had the luxury of playing in Yankee Stadium, which is <laughs> quite a uh, bandbox, if you know what I'm saying. If you, you get it, but like, I don't know. I think he could, I mean, he's doing it at other stadiums too. So, but like the best way to explain him, it's like, you ever see those really big kids of the League World Series that you know are going to, like, they've hit their growth spurt. They're probably not going to grow anymore, but they're just tearing it up in the 12 year old baseball league. Mm-hmm. That's Judge now. Like, he just, bigger than the stadiums can hold like he's just a monster that's the best way i can explain yeah. playing with him or seeing him play and he, he's yeah he's just a really special talent also as you mentioned uh just a guy who just is the face of baseball right now also in terms of what he does off the field he just seems like a really good guy oh yeah he's i mean he's as genuine as they come for sure yeah so let's talk pitching for a second um what was your mentality on the mound like as a left-hander? I mean, what, what, what drove you to, to kind of have confidence uh, facing opposing hitters? Cause I know a lot of, for a lot of pitchers, it doesn't really come natural for some. It does. What was kind of the key to your success? Uh, you know, uh, Steve Rousey, the pitching coach who came in my, when did he come in? My junior year. I think he came in my junior year at Fresno. And he was a head coach at Northridge. He coached pitching coach at Long Beach State. He's now the pitching coach at Cal State Fullerton, I believe, unless he's moved. But uh, he helped me out a lot in just understanding the little things of pitching, not so much mechanically, but like, hey, get rid of a hitter in four pitches or less and, you know, drive the ball downhill and just change some and also change a little bit of my mechanics and kind of just showed me what it takes to be a good pitcher besides like, oh, I got that hitter out, but how do you get hitters out? So, and then also just kind of give your team a chance to win. That's all you can really do out there, as you know. You know, mm-hmm. like once it leaves your hands, you can't really control it anymore. You can make a good pitch, a guy hits a bomb, you can hit a, you can throw a bad pitch and a guy pops it up. There's not really, you just got to have a little bit of trust and faith. And then the, once I had learned a, a really good changeup, that really took me to the next level. Yeah. Change-ups are our next level. Uh, and, and you're a guy that needed to change up because I know there's not a lot of crafty left-handers in the game anymore, and you had to kind of find a, a, a different oh, way to get hitters out. There's not a lot of crafty people anymore. anymore. <laughs> I know. There, there always used to be like, you know, you'd always used to guess the rotation of teams. You know, they would always have the hard-throwing ace. Mm-hmm. And they would always have like the consistent, you know, kind of neutral guy. Then you would have like the – the soft tossing lefty in the back end of the rotation. Then you'd have like kind of a wild card. Now it's just all power. Like it just, everybody's throwing 95. Everybody's throwing, you know, I think the the uh, average pitch for starters has gone up. And then of course we know what animal the bullpen is. So yeah, it's I, saw, changed. I saw something. It was a guy he was throwing like 92, 95, which is like, that's not slow. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he's a little below the average on a fast one. I'm like, what? <laughs> That was 92.95 below average on a fastball. Like that's in, that's insane to what these these like analytics and biomechanical people are doing. It's it's insane mm-hmm. how they're getting people to throw so hard. 
but I wonder how like longevity we'll see if they're yeah. gonna last because that's thanks a lot 2014 Royals they killed a lot of people's career <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that was the first team that I remember that had like the the really disgusting bullpen like they just had like they had a sixth inning guy they had a seventh inning guy they had an eighth inning guy they had a ninth inning guy and they just they, stuck they, with they, it they started that just hey starters get us five mm-hmm. get us five um so i think that one of the things that has changed a little bit too is the as you just mentioned starters you know go five that's kind of the mentality now but it's not just like go five it's max out for five and that's yeah. one thing that i've noticed it's like you know, these guys are just, even the relievers, max out for one inning, um, you know, max out for five for the starters. And that's what they're doing. And now you see like 80, you know, 90 pitches through four and a third. And it's like, wow, this is crazy. So it's a different game. It also tends to how they want to speed the game up. Like you're not going to speed the game up when everybody's, you know, trying to throw as hard as they can for mm-hmm. three innings or four innings at most. It's, I know it's a different game than, and I, I I get how it plays in the major leagues, but like seeing it at a high school level, you just, it's hard to watch some, sometimes these kids where you just see them trying to throw as hard as they can. And it's like, we gotta, you're, you're a little ahead of what you're trying to do right now. Like let's work on throwing strikes first and then we can get to, I know I'm probably speaking the opposite of what you're hearing. A lot of these coaches say like throw hard and figure it out later. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, like we got a game to win, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Like we have to win. We gotta throw some strikes here. Yeah, I, I, I think the craziest thing I see is like the the gay the major league baseball stem falling down on the high school level. Yeah, Yeah, these guys, yeah, guys are are looking up to the big league level and they're they're Mm -hmm. watching the games. Um, sometimes I feel like they're not watching the games. That's the problem. Like I, I remember I would always show up to to practice, and I've said this before, and. Like there would only be like a few people that would know what's going on. So I feel like MLB needs to work on getting some of the younger fans involved. Cause like, yeah, they just watch the highlights. They watch like this Instagram clip of a guy hitting home run and pimping it. And that's all they Mm -hmm. see. They don't see all the little things. Like I would honestly, I'd tell any upcoming high school player to watch college baseball. That's where you need to watch my personal opinion. Cause that's, I'm not saying major league baseball isn't real baseball, but you're seeing the best. The best is a reason why they don't bunt and do all the little stuff mm-hmm. because they'll make those plays. They don't steal all the time because the catchers have absolute cannons. And but at, at college, you see like the game played at a very high level, but it's still played because it's still played the right way, I guess, or not so much like mm-hmm. analytical, like hit bombs and throw hard. Like you yeah. still have teams that do that, but you're seeing teams make it work with, Oh, I don't have the, like, I love watching the regionals. Like, did you watch any of the regionals? Uh, at times I saw the Stanford, I saw the Stan- the big Stanford game the other night. I, I love watching the teams. Like I'll just use like the Campbell camels, like teams mm-hmm. who you've probably never heard of. And then the regionals and they're competing and you just see teams making it work with not the, like, it's like Tennessee has every single top national recruit ever on their mm-hmm. team. And then you see teams winning with like, Oh, you know, we have, couple guys here and there and we we have some scrappy guys if that if that makes any sense it's fun to watch teams like that win and play yeah and college is kind of a blend of like you know it's it's kind of a blend of like the old school like there's still the the excitement that the kids like and the flashiness right that the kids like mm-hmm. um i mean i i help my uncle with coach uh throw batting practice to his i think they're like 13 15 year olds mm-hmm. and um 
I, I wanted to test something. I was like, who's your favorite player? And they were like, oh, Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, he's got the flair, Juan Soto. <clears throat> and then there's just a lot of kids that said, I don't know, or I don't have one. And I was like, okay, that's just a way to, you know, say that you don't really watch baseball. But no, yeah. college baseball, even the junior college, like the way that they, they, you know, work on things to the core and they really take fundamentals super serious. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of cool to watch, but um, yeah, no, exactly. I think that kids like they, they, they get their, their highlights and 30 second blasts now on Instagram yeah. and they turn out, they watch guys hit home runs, bat flip, but God help them when there's a ground ball to them with, you know, runners at the corners and one out and they don't know what they're doing with the baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's, it's, you're also seeing more, uh, what is it like cage babies? I call them. Mm -hmm. Kids who just grow up in the batting cages and they don't, I feel like there's, they don't play as much. They can't do so, a relay. <laughs> yeah. Like just the little things they don't play as much. They go hit in the cage and take ground balls on turf and I'm like, okay, I practiced, but they don't play. I don't know. They, like this tournament baseball's kind of got kids a little screwed up. Just my personal opinion. Yeah. Do you like the showcases? Are you a big advocate for showcases? Maybe, maybe certain ones, if I remember right. I think if you're, a, if you're a high school kid, you should do one, but make it like a uh, vacation out of it. Like, go, don't just go like, oh, I'm going to go to the showcase and going to ball out and everyone's going to see me. Like, go some, if you're going to do one, go to like San Diego or go somewhere cool and plan a trip around it that's the best way I could explain like go do it because it is fun it's cool it's an experience but make sure you have a vacation yeah and I like talked to coach, make a trip out of it I talked to coach Jeff about this and and I was saying yeah they just only play baseball now like you know baseball is the kind of a year-round sport for a lot of kids and there's tournament teams and there's travel ball teams and you know, it's during the summer and then when summer ends, you get like a week off, then it's back to conditioning for like your, your school season or whatever. So it's different. Yeah. It's much different than when, I mean, I didn't even play that long ago, but it's like you winter didn't exist. There was no teams playing in the winter. Like there was no winter ball travel tournaments. Like after Thanksgiving, I think that was about it. Even Thanksgiving was a stretch. Yeah. I think I went to one Thanksgiving tournament in Sacramento and it was like, 30 degrees and it's like I'm not doing this again this is it's pointless what am i what am i doing <laughs> yeah my my favorite travel ball anecdote is that you go like three hours north or something just to play a team that's like right next to you like the city next to you uh, oh yeah i know that's that's kind of the the crime of what's going on again just to touch on the the travel ball thing like especially in the northern peninsula you see like you know like burlingame speaking just in our areas, but like, yeah. you know, Burlingame down Southern Peninsula, they have pretty good little leagues and stuff, but it's getting ravished up here with travel ball. I feel like, like I know like San Bruno Pacifica, all these cities had to join forces just to field a league, which is like, that's a, it's a crime. Yeah. It's horrible. Cause you think about all these kids, like we talked about all these kids will go, join different travel teams and then go travel to twin creeks to play each other when if they just played for their cities they'd all play each other right 10 yeah. minutes away from each other it doesn't i don't know i remember when we did the tornadoes we went to like ripon or whatever and um and we were obviously the san francisco tornadoes and mm -hmm. we played like 
the mil or uh, the uh, the Belmont or something Belmont or something I think we played and it's like God we could have done this down there yeah you know yeah <laughs> exactly I just I don't know it's like seeing Joe DiMaggio crumble and just all these city leagues kind of falling apart and it's partly because of COVID so it's that didn't help anything but I just feel bad like if I know me growing up I wouldn't be able to afford some of the things that I'm seeing going on now which kind of bugs me because, you know, I'm one of the people who I don't want to charge you. I just want to make my gas money, you know, just to come mm -hmm. help you guys. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't, I, I think if everybody played for their cities, which is, can't be more than a couple hundred bucks, you yeah. can get the same bang for your buck, in my opinion. That's just me, not to hate. I think some travel teams do it right and do a good job, but I think you got to give back to your city and your community. Yeah. Just Speaking smart. of gas money, let's talk about the economy. No, just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where do you where do you want to start? <laughs> um, what one thing it, it, that we we kind of touched on training a little bit. Uh, how is baseball training, Dick? Because I know you spent a lot of time. You know, you had your role as like strength and conditioning. You know, you were mm -hmm. you're in the gym in the weight room a lot with with guys. Um, how is baseball training different from maybe basketball or, or football? Oh man, that's a good one. Good question, Riz. I would say like just this, the reason why I got into like I never you can ask anybody I used to never be like ah, screw weightlifting I don't want to run all this stuff and then once I find like okay I'm gonna try to weightlift and run and it like velo jumped uh, just got stronger and I was like wow there's like you know eating right it's it's processes to everything so it was instrumental in my career but I would say for baseball training the biggest thing is for high school kids is just get stronger like you don't need all the bells and whistles like honestly squat deadlifts uh, or trap bar deadlifts a little bit of upper body here and there but just work on your core movements are huge and then you can get into more specialized stuff once you have those down but yeah it's and just rotational power a lot of rotational power like you see the medicine balls really kicking up now which is cool the plyo balls are cool i'm a big believer in those for I would say off-season training I think when I see the kids doing them before games I'm like I don't know if that's the best thing for you that's just yeah the, the driveline balls where like you're turning your like the yeah I think I, mean, I think they're good but I think I see a lot of kids do them but they just have terrible technique like there's no thought process involved with it they're just like all right this is what I see the big leaders do so I'm going to do this and there's no like thought process and how I'm doing this, how my form is. I'm just grabbing the thing and flinging it. And then, cause we had a lot of arm injuries, not us, but in our league, there were a lot of arm injuries this year. And I don't know if that has something to do with it or what, but yeah, yeah a lot of arm. You guys got to get yourself a pair of J bands. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think, I think the J band, the J bands are the way to go. Yeah. Those are tried and true. I'm a big, big believer in those. I mean, if you've ever hurt yourself, those are what you do rehab exercises. Yeah, I still have the those, photo. So. I still have the photo of um, your your little red binder of all the J band. Uh, Heck yeah! <laughs> all the J band workouts. Heck yeah! They they they're tedious and boring, but they help. Like again, I can you can teach a kid it, but if they're not going to do it religiously or actually buy into it and do it with thought process, there's no point. It's like long toss. If you're not going to do it religiously or like believe in it it's not it's not going to work it's like anything you have to embrace the boredom of it sometimes if you want to get better 
it can't always be flashy and exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and speaking of training, I mean, you were a former employee at 24 hour fitness. Do I have that right? Oh yeah. Well, I did that in the, that was how to make ends meet. <laughs> That's kind of what you well, got to do at the minor league level though, right? Yeah. I mean, I was, that actually fueled me when I was playing minors. Cause I don't know a lot of people that were getting up at four 30 in the morning, training someone at 5.00 AM. I would train clients. I'd start at five, train till about nine or 10 in the morning, depending on the day I go to my mom's apartment nap till noon and then go train more clients till about two or three and then I'd work out and then in the winter and then in the winter time I'd go to the Christmas tree farm and work uh selling Christmas trees till about 10 p.m to try to make ends meet <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> to, hey, fund, to fund the dream yeah that's great and and I guess everybody kind of has their ideas of what the minor leagues really are and like we we picture like obviously the bus rides and mm -hmm. um you know, there's, there's guys that I've talked to that flat out hate it. And there's guys that I've talked to that didn't really spend much time there. And then some people that have spent a lot of time there. Um, did you feel like when you were in the minor leagues, did you feel like you were living the dream or was it just kind of not, I mean, was it just miserable? I wouldn't say it was like 100% miserable. Like it was mm -hmm. fun. I got to, I mean, again, I made the best out of every place I went to. Like I went to go see places. I went out on the town, you know, like I wasn't, one of those people who stayed in, I'm going to go do this. Like I was, I was going to go have fun and live it up at every, I'm like, when am I going to go to Charleston, South Carolina again? I don't know. I'm just going to go hit the town. So it was, it was fun. But as far as like making a living, it's not realistic yeah. unless you have a, unless you have a big signing bonus. Like if you're planning on making a life in the minor league, you could do it, but you're not going to, it's going to be tough if you don't have some type of financial backing. Let's put it like I didn't have, mom and dad paying for me so it was just like kind of a reality like, well if i want to i lose money every time i go i'm gonna have to make a change here do something mm -hmm. um but i i had i had a lot of fun like there are some crappy times but it's also some good times too it's a lifestyle it's the best way i can mm -hmm. describe it yeah and, and there's, there's a lifestyle there's definitely like some advocacy towards um and i've talked to people about it on the podcast before but there's advocacy right now about um you know trying to make you know create livable wages in the minor leagues and i think uh, that would be or just paying year round yeah because even when like that's the only i don't like i'm not trying to say they need to be making millions of dollars mm -hmm. but at least enough to like is it too much to a minor league to make 50 grand a year like is that these teams exactly. are making millions of dollars and like it would paid, literally like, yeah. it would have because even in the off season, you're not, you're still working. Like if you think on the off season, minor leaguers are just sitting on their butts or going to Mexico and mm -hmm. partying. Like they're not like you, you have to continue working. You get a couple of weeks off and then it's right back to the gym and throwing and like, it's, mm -hmm. you're not just done. So just pay me around. That would be the, the easiest thing, I guess, mm -hmm. to help. And it would literally cost, if you think about it, like if it would literally cost them just like a few million dollars each year to pay yeah. like everybody in their system a livable and if i were to like you know and that's how much you pay like you know for example a backup catcher or something like three million dollars or whatnot so if you were to tell me that you could you know get the you, you, all your minor league players in your organization a livable wage for the the cost of like a backup catcher i would do it because that's hundreds of players that you have in the system you know 
So, <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, it I mean, would be actually, worth Aren't they actually trading the play- players in the system, too? Because they've cut, like, a bunch of the minor league teams, right? Yeah, they've, teams. they've shrunk it. That's good because they hung on to like I was one of them where they just hang on to people. They don't know, like they might seem in the big leagues like those four A players that are up mm-hmm. and down all the time. Like you know, at the same there's a lot of players that they just keep just to fill rosters, you know. And I don't know if some of those players realize it or not. Yeah, or, and who knows if the quality will play will go down? Or I think that's. I don't know, but I, I do think it's going to let us see a lot of the good young prospects. Because, I mean, people get drafted, guys get drafted, and then we just forget about them for like three, you know, two and a half, three years. And it's different from other sports because, you know, Kyler Murray, we saw him right away. You know, basketball, yeah. we see these guys yeah. right away. You know, Warriors have a few 19, 20-year-olds on their team right now. So baseball, you know, you got to – you see them on draft day, you know, get the phone call on the couch and be interviewed on TV. And it's like, wow, where did that guy go? So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not a front office person. I never made it to the big leagues, so I can't speak, but I was like, oh, I don't want him to have failure in the big leagues. It's like, well, that's like, wouldn't you rather have him have failure up there than fail in the minor leagues or mm-hmm. rot away in the minors? Cause it, like when you get promoted to new levels, you're like, oh, all right, I'm like on my way. But when you mm-hmm. get stuck and you go to the same place, like two years in a row, you're like, what's going on here? Like I'm doing okay. What's, cause they're yeah. a log jam, you know? And that's why they tell you don't, don't play GM cause you'll never figure it out. But <laughs> it uh yeah i mean i would be all for it like in my opinion like when i was playing with tyler there's no reason he should have been in the minors for as long as he should have it was like what like this kid this kid's just shoving it down people's throats like get him up there what are you mm-hmm. what are you waiting for i mean again i don't i don't know the ins and outs of it all but and the options and everything and paying that's usually what it comes down to do but yeah there are a few years i think there. it would have helped out there's a few years there where the Pirates were, you know, good 2013, 14. But then, you know, after that, you really didn't have anything to lose, right? So. <laughs> yeah. But because they want to be good for business, not for baseball. Yeah. They want that extra year of service or those yes. extra years of service. and The business of it all. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's, there's definitely a way to, you know, give guys a living wage, pay them year round, while also you know making it not glorious because like it's not supposed to be glorious right my yeah. minor league but also it, it it has to be like humane so <laughs> so well that's a problem when you do a job that a lot of people want to do it's you don't need to uh make it nice or livable because there's guess what someone in line ready to take your spot if you don't want to do it anymore yeah nothing's so. handed and no. you always talked about us about uh, you're the king. You always said that you're the king of giving up home runs to guys that never hit them. Yep. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> yep. That was my MO. I don't know what it was. They, they, I guess, I don't know. Like Kelby Tomlinson. I think he has two <laughs> off me. <laughs> um, yeah. They're just, I don't know. It was like, if there's a guy who has one home run all year, I'm definitely giving up number two for sure. I can't remember Kelby Tomlinson ever hitting a home run in the big leagues. That's yeah, well, he hit two off me when he was in Richmond. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's. I mean, Kelby. Kelby was a guy who was like really fast, slap hitter type. So, um, and and I want to go back to Glass now. Here, you briefly mentioned Glass now, who you're pretty good friends with, and you played with him. I I asked you about Judge. Now I'll ask you about Glass now. Seeing him, you know, obviously pitching a World Series and you know, get there and, you know, kind of cement himself. I know he's hurt right now, but cement himself as a pretty good pitcher at the big league level. I mean, that's probably pretty cool to see, huh? 
Yeah, it's it's another another guy who worked his butt off in a perfectionist. I remember like in A ball, he would go like seven innings and he'd no runs, couple hits scattered out and a couple walks, and he would be like, God, I shouldn't have walked those people. And I'm like, dude, you just went seven innings shut out. Like, what are you mad about? You know, he was a big perfectionist, but that's why he is who he is and doing what he's doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And when never... I talked to him, it felt like I was talking to you. Like I, I told, I think <laughs> I told you that it, it was like, I'm talking to the same person here. It's crazy. Yeah. Ty, Ty's a good, good, good dude. Good, good dude. Yeah. And uh, I want to get into some of the issues that are being talked about in the minor leagues right now. The first one being the pitch clock. Would you be down for a pitch clock? Would you be? Hell yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I know I, 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 I was a fast worker. Let's get this. Mm-hmm. Let's get this thing going. I think that's why a lot of catchers like catching me. And I think the defense like playing behind me because I'm like, we're working. Let's go. I mean, with runners on them. base too. Maybe you like maybe raise the pitch clock a little bit with runners on. I mean, I don't know. With runners on, it's a little bit different, but it shouldn't change that much. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, the game is meant to be played quick. Mm hmm or faster and that's kind of what we talk about with this max effort pitching thing like they're gonna need okay i have to take a minute because i just put everything i had into this last pitch is that fine balance of pitchers versus throwers and we're seeing a lot more throwers nowadays yeah i think it's bs when people say oh you know baseball you know when people say baseball's too long and they say that's that's how it's meant to be played and the players, the players are never going to agree to a pitch clock. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you don't think the players want to shave 30 minutes off these games? Like, really? Like, <laughs> I mean, Glasnow was I mean, saying that he liked the extra inning rule with the runner on second because, like, it gets them out of there by 1030, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm dumped. I mean, another way you could speed the games up is, I know this is, like, kind of count, is you got to scoot the uh, fans back get them off the like they're right on like think how many foul like the a's i think i may be spitting out bad facts here but if you look at a's games they notoriously have the fastest games in baseball and it's because of all their foul territory mm, think how many guys, outs there yeah. think how many outs there are left because the fans are right on top of the field mm-hmm. like that could speed the game up a lot too just scoot the fans back a little bit and then you wouldn't have to put the net up there so people don't get killed <laughs> on balls down the line um but I'm all for the pitch clock. Like, speed this sucker up. Like, if you can't pitch in – what's the pitch? I don't even know what it was. Because like, they were doing it when I was playing. It was like 30 seconds in between pitches or something. It was something like that. It should be a lot less than 30 seconds. Yeah, like, if you can't get your sign and throw a pitch in 30 seconds and either do more cardio or not grunt and fart every time you throw a pitch, like, you got to find a nice workable pace. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. <laughs> have you have you heard about the pitch calm? Are you a big big pitch calm? Because I know there's some. That's some... see, that's a, that's another. I mean, I get it, but that just shows like how petty the game's getting now. Like you have to worry about your sign. <laughs> yeah, just so petty. Like you really like you're gonna ruin the integrity of the game because you're gonna have a camera watching the catcher's signs and you're gonna do like it's just so petty. Like the the whole video and super slow motion stuff. It's just too much, in my opinion. Like that's not fun. I mean, that's. I mean, maybe that's why I'm not a 10-year big leaguer now, but mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go watch a hitter in super slow motion and see what they miss or like watch a pitcher throw at 100 frames mm-hmm. a second and see how their finger does that when they throw a slider. Like, I don't think the game was meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 
watching. I think that would really help the game and things like that. I also think baseball needs to stay to their roots. Like, I think they're trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. They talk about the younger fans. They look at golf. Like, golf's booming right now. They haven't changed anything. Yeah, exactly. They stay to their roots, and people are like, okay, you, you either like golf or you don't. Yeah. Would you would you use the the system where you know where you don't have to use the signs and you you click the button and you have it in your ear? I mean, I, what happens if you don't want that pitch? What if you say no? Like they hit another. You, you button? could shake. You could shake, and then they click another button, and and your in your cap it says slider, that because they're trying to get rid of the hand. They're trying to get rid of the because you know guys pick that up now and with video. Like yeah, that's, that's, that's a, yeah, that's just again. I speak to the pettiness. Like I wouldn't mind it. I th- mm-hmm. I've watched a college game. I think we were watching Santa Clara play Northwestern, Northeastern, mm-hmm. something like that. And they, I've seen it in college where the pitchers have it on. They'll like oh, yeah. the catcher will just give them like two, one, three, and then they look at their wristband. That would drive me nuts as a pitcher. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, like, I I remember we would always hear the the opposing coaches, and I know we never did it. They would always just be going. Uh, three one three and i remember one day because you know when i didn't pitch sometimes i did the scorebook right yeah. and i i wrote all of them down one time and they were all different combinations yeah. like literally there was they said a, a new number for each time and it, nobody well could, i yeah i did it i did the number thing the 2021 season where we didn't mm-hmm. know if we were playing because of covid and everything mm-hmm. and so i didn't have time to teach them our signs it was like oh we're starting first games march like end of March yeah. and we just literally started March. I'm like, crap, like we don't have time to go over signs of time. So I did it and uh, it made the game boring to call. It was just like, it's easier, definitely easier, but yeah, I'm not a big fan. And another thing I heard you added the quality pitch, uh, quality pitches. Yeah. That was, again, that was from Steve Rousey, just trying to teach pitchers what is a good pitch to take away the results Mm-hmm. of it all i hope it helped again our guys it's a high school level so you're not getting as much uh looking at it as, as i'd give them all their charts and i don't know how much they looked at them or their percentages or anything but it was just there to help them to understand like hey i gave up four runs but i actually pitched pretty well or hey i gave up no runs uh but i didn't really pitch that well just trying to take the results out of it because if you live by results you're not gonna make it very long in the game in my opinion i would have loved that I would love the quality pitch. You should have should have done it a few years earlier. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, no quality strikes because I mean, a lot of people think, oh yeah, throwing strikes. But then you know, you throw a pitch belt high, fastball belt high with nothing on it, and it gets crushed. And it's like, oh well, I'm throwing strikes, but yeah, yeah, you want <laughs> that's not the you know, there's there's different kinds of strikes that you want to you know. Yeah, that's like wanna... the biggest. That's the biggest adjustment, at least in high school, from like freshman and JV to varsity. It's like, okay, we throw strikes, but now we need to learn what is an actual good strike. Cause when you get to the varsity level, like you learn real fast that those little those strikes they used to throw don't cut it no. anymore. Yeah. Got to hit the knees. Especially in the WCL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about robot umpires? Are you a big robot umpires guy or do you kind of like the That's human element? Human element's what it's about. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if you think, imagine, I'll just put you like this imagine a hitter who knows a strike zone completely. Imagine that because yeah. you got, you have a, a big league hitter who all of off season can set this robot zone up and then just have pitches thrown like this far off and just sit there and track for an hour and then I'll do it on the inside and I'll do it up and I'll do it down. I think you're going to see the offense go through the roof, through the mm-hmm. roof personally. 
Yeah. And I think the umpires, because the umpires, you know, they make the report cards public sometimes or not the official ones, but there's like the, yeah. first of all, I think the box on TV is a total scam. That's not actually, nobody should. I mean, if we're getting upset at a ball, like a few like centimeters, not in the box, then like we, that's a big problem because people need to relax. But I I do think that um, the umpires probably will do a better job than the technology. Cause they're, they're at like 98% with some of these games and 96%. And with hitters, like, how are you going to adjust the box? You know, some guys have different stances. They're taller. They're yeah. You're, yeah. You I didn't know, even think about that. Yeah. How are you going to do that to where I mean, like different size arms? I mean, the strike yeah. zone is different for everybody. It's not just yeah. one, like how is Aaron judge's strike zone the same as, you know, Altuve's, you know, and judge I've seen judge get called on pitches that were at his shoelaces. And, you know, just because it's a strike to a normal size guy doesn't mean it's a strike to judge. So he's judge is one of the first people I've seen because you'll see hitters do this now. He's one of the first guys. I don't know if he did this at Fresno or he started in pro ball, but he's the first guy I've seen pull his pants um, above his knees and pull his socks up above his knees to try to shrink the strikes a little bit. And you might (laughs) notice that there's some guys. Have you seen guys that do that now? Their pants are actually above their knees and their socks will pull up to try to add that like illusion. Hunter Pence did that. I don't know if yeah. it was for the reason. I mean, I feel like Hunter Pence would do it just to look quirky because that was kind of yeah. his MO. Um, yeah. But I, no, I'm sure, yeah, every every advantage you could get, I'm sure that's what they're going for. So yeah, I just, I'm waiting for the day where, because like I follow this, there's an Instagram account where they actually like show every umpire's numbers and stuff. I forget what it was. I stumble upon, uh, mm-hmm. upon it every now and then on like my explore thing and I'll give them like their grade and what. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to see, but I'm waiting for, the day where an umpire like you know when they challenge it mm-hmm. they're like oh challenge challenge i'm waiting for an umpire if i was an umpire i'd get pissed off if he challenged everything i was doing, oh yeah right wouldn't you get mad it I'm would be an, an ego umpire. thing yeah i wouldn't i'm waiting for an umpire to be like just like told you i was right you know like yeah when is when is someone gonna do that that'd be awesome to see like an umpire just kind of flex on somebody like told you well there's you one playoff for? yeah <laughs> there's one playoff game where angel hernandez had three of his calls challenged and they were all overturned so one yeah, thing yeah. that I would do to fix replay, because sometimes you see, oh, it's there's not enough evidence to overturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, then you stick with the original call. What they should do is they should have the person in New York not know the call and just make a decision, you know, based on the. Oh. So the umpire. So like, say if there's a close play at first base and the umpire on the field says safe and then they go to replay the umpire in the replay room should not know that he called him safe and he should make the decisions himself. That way there's no, you know, need to, cause these umpires look out for each other. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're, there's like a brotherhood among them and they don't want to make each other look bad. So if it's a close play, I mean, I'm willing to bet that nine times out of 10, they're willing to give their guy the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? It's too close. Let's just stick with what he said. So. I also hate on replay because they started doing that when I was in the fall league in 2014. That was like where they piloted it. It really mm-hmm. slows the game down first off. Like it slows the game down a ton. And then also like when they slide and they pop off the bag, like an inch, but they completely cool. beat it. I'm like, I'm like, that's not the point of yeah. the game. Like that's not the play. Oh, he popped up for a second. He's mm-hmm. out. Like, come on. Like, yeah, that's like a common set. That's just like when, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos on Instagram where like, a guy slips on the mound and throws like a ground ball to home plate. And then, you know, the hitter takes like a, you know, funny practice swing and they yeah. call a strike on him. Like, like that's yeah. just a common sense thing. Like you're really going to call a strike on that. Yeah. You know, first of all, it shouldn't even count as a pitch. Um, so yeah, that that's horrible. 
that's that's really bad are you a big guy on like you know bat flips and stuff do you do you like the excitement and the emotion that i guess you see in college in the major leagues i think in a uh i think in playoff games yeah i'm more of like the authentic like you know the sammy sosa hop or the the you know you should do it every time i hate the showing up bat flips i'm not a big fan of mm-hmm. i just not a big showing up people in general there's a difference between emotion and showing someone up you yeah. know like i just I just, and I hate seeing it because again, I see it on the high school level. I see it trickle down. And this year was the worst I've ever seen with like chirpiness at the high school level and just showing people up and stuff like that. It was, it was bad. And anybody who's about the emotion of the game or anything like thinks it's not a big deal, go watch a high school, go watch like a 10 year old bat flip on another 10 year old. (laughs) And you'll be like, that's probably not okay. Yes. You know? (laughs) there's a few instances where i feel like you know so i have a few rules for it one you can't look stupid so if you look stupid then trash it don't use it ever again two i mean like fernando tatis at this point you know they've marketed around it he's known for it yeah like i feel like if you're a pitcher that gives up a home run to him i feel like you can't have a like that's part of who he is at this point and a lot of the latin america guys bring so much energy and you know that's interesting too but uh, and another thing is if a guy bat flips off you and you strike him out, you know, a few innings later, you have the absolute right to throw a huge fist pump as you're yeah. walking off the mound. Of, like, of course, of you know, course. But I, I'm big right. on, I don't know. I, I like the guys who look like they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's more intimidating than me. Like a guy who just hit a 500 foot bomb off me and he just jogs around the bases and then taps his helmet. Like that's more like, Oh, He's he's that guy, you know what I'm talking about? As opposed yeah. to hits a home run, he's like yeah, all juiced. It's like I don't know. I'm mean, like act like you've done it before. I think that's like the coolest thing you could do to mm-hmm. me, you know. Like the but it's like Marshawn Lynch scores a touchdown and he just gives the ref the ball. Yeah, you know exactly. Or like Terrell Davis would just salute and then be done. I don't know. That's just I think that's cooler than people going all crazy and doing the crazy celebrations. Yeah, have like your signature move. Like Griffey would pose. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. you know. You know, Sammy Sosa would do the hop. What else was there? The uh, David Ortiz freaking twirl home run thing. Yeah. Know, where he, I don't even know how he did that without his shoulder popping off his body. But Justin Morneau like, always did that. It's like the helicopter follow yeah, through. Yeah. That's like, I'm, I'm about that. Like, uh, you have a signature move. It's not so much yeah. a pimp job or like bat flipping. It's just, uh, that's kind of just their natural thing they do. Yeah. And another thing, going back to the going back to the don't look stupid thing, if you get thrown out at second on a ball to the wall, then you know, bye for the next week. (laughs) Goodbye, (laughs) done. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, that's definitely one of the debates among a lot of uh, a lot of older fans. All right. Well, before we wrap up here, I do want to ask. how did you kind of get into coaching? Why, why was coaching like the thing that you turned to post uh, post playing career? What Just, intrigued you? Uh, wanting, cause I feel like my high school years are some years that I could have worked harder, but I didn't know what that meant. You know, like, Oh, work hard. Like I would work hard at practice. We didn't have a weight room, you know, like we do now. We didn't have strength coaches. Our old weight room at Reardon was like a 10 by I mean, a 10 by 10 cage 
cubicle um, <laughs> cubicle we never got taught weightlifting or anything like that or nutrition like on a real level or too relatable and we like I had Ron Azul who was a great coach he was awesome but he never played at like a high level so just to be able to give back to the kids like that's a real reason mm-hmm. and you know try to win at Reardon that was the ultimate goal always <laughs> yeah <laughs> fresh but, eight, fresh out of the game and um, you, you kind of had that connection to where you know guys could kind of talk to you and you know, you still had the fresh mindset and outlook on, on baseball and kind of familiarized yourself with, with how it was still played opposed to maybe some of the older guys that played it 30 years ago. Yeah. The biggest thing was just the thing that got me into it was I felt like I, there were things that I could have been taught that would have really helped me my high school days. And maybe they were taught and I was just dumb and doing my thing then, which could have happened too. But I think like having a younger coach around would have really helped me. And yeah. someone who played at such a high level because baseball is supposed to be fun. And sometimes the old school is like, we got to work. We got to do this, that, this, that, this. And it's like, nah, let's have a little bit of fun too. Like it is a kid's game after all. Yeah. It's not all serious. And also all you're 16 years old, you know, have some exactly. leeway. Exactly. And especially like, when we're, especially at Reardon where we're not having like all our kids aren't going D1 and stuff. Like let's have a bit of fun and get it going playing some baseball you know wiffle ball in the backyard type stuff yeah that's what it's about 100 100 all right tall t i appreciate you coming on this was a I appreciate lot of fun. you having and me riz you have the open invitation man anytime you want to come back on and you know talk about a specific subject or let me know and we'll, we'll make it happen all right well we'll see what happens this uh baseball playoffs for sure i'll get yeah. back on and we can chat it up yeah see what's wanna, going on i definitely want to start doing some of those because I, I there's some podcasts that do those live streams and like you know people hop in and out of them and you know have yeah, well while watching the game like the watch i know barstool does the watch parties and they you know they have someone pop in for 15 minutes and then another guy pop in for well, that might be cool when playoffs come so yeah I'm, I'm down again now that my life is slowing down a little bit the baby mm-hmm. is now almost eight months i will be the move will be done. <laughs> like it was, it's been a wild year and a half for me. It's been quick. So yeah, yeah I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'd be, I'd be definitely in definitely. Perfect. in. hopefully the, I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to beat the Yankees this year, but we'll leave it there. Yeah. And in the <laughs> off season, we got to get you and glass now on together. That would be just, that would be, I wouldn't even hey. have to say anything. <laughs> no, there, there will be, yeah, there'll be a lot of goofiness going on for sure. Yeah, that would be wild. All right, coach. I appreciate right. it. And then everybody could follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Rizzo Yeah, go Cast. follow you. Listen to way cooler people than me, like Denard Span and Tyler Glass yeah. now, and FSU <laughs> exactly. softball coach. Way cooler people than me. Exactly. You're gonna I'm gonna make the graphic. I'll pick the right picture, put you up on there. It should be a should be really cool. So, anyways, follow for more. I'll, I'll repost it. I'll put I'll repost it and put listen to the Rizzo cast, but more importantly listen to all the cooler people than me (laughs) there you go there you go that makes sense all right i think we should just end it there all right see you guys next time